The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. This one is for Surrey, British Columbia. Our Steve Baines scheduled to make his Vancouver Canucks debut tonight. And also, we'll tell you why Quinn Hughes is way better than Cam McCarr. Coming up next on Locked On Canucks. Whoa, way better, man. Quinn Hughes is better than Bobby Orr, man. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Canucks and also a Canucks writer for Daily Hive Vancouver. Before we dive into the episode, we got to thank you for tuning to Locked On Canucks because it is your team every day part of the locked on podcast network and guess what we're nothing without the people if you haven't done so already make sure you go subscribe or follow us for absolutely free on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts i also gotta let you know that today's episode is brought to you by fanduel make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet that's 150 bucks if your bet wins Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Coming up on today's episode, obviously we're going to talk about Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr. And uh, I'll, I'll break down the numbers. I'll tell you why, at least for this season, Quinn Hughes is way better than Kale McCarr. Whoa. But first and foremost, man, Arsty Baines making his debut. Man, oh man, I don't know if I can contain my excitement. Uh, I know we've had some people say, well, no, Juleson's from Surrey. Where's the love for him? Arsty Baines, a Surrey boy through and through. Uh, a big one for the Punjabi community as well. The fourth Punjabi NHLer to make or to play, fourth Punjabi person to play in the NHL. Exciting stuff. I can't wait to see him. And not to mention, this is a big matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. I'm jacked up on Mountain Dew. Let me introduce Whoa. my co-host who will see if he's as jacked up on Mountain Dew as I am. Kyle Balance, what's going on, brother? Dude, how many Punjabi friends do you have, man? I'm gonna say you have like at least seven to eleven. Seven to eleven Punjabi friends. Okay, for real. Man, oh, man, on average, man, we're from Surrey, dude. This is a big deal. And I know players have done it in the past, right? Like even Jajar Kara, is that how you say it? I think I said it right. Maybe I said it wrong. I'm sorry. He's from Surrey. I think he's from, like, the Clayton Heights area. You know, he played a lot of games in the NHL, and that's in recent history. But it's totally different when you're suiting up for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, that is, that's a match made in heaven, man. A.K.A. a match made in Vancouver. This is a big deal, and, uh. All the pressure aside, quote-unquote the pressure aside, I just feel as if this guy's a gamer. He's a, what people call a mother effer, and I think he's going to slot in and do the most to make sure he stays in the lineup the whole way through this season. But more on that in like 10 or 11 minutes because we got to talk about the two big fish. Again, yo, Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr, and more specifically, uh, the need for this team to see a performance from Quinn Hughes unlike no other. Yes, I want to see the best Quinn Hughes game of all time tonight, okay? Uh, you go back in time to November when we uh, rounded up this matchup when it was a big deal, right? Colorado-Vancouver, Kale McCarver's Quinn Hughes. It looks like Quinn Hughes is going to win the Norris. Now we can talk about the matchup all over again. Uh, Kale McCarr saw that, heard it, and didn't like the noise, and what did he do? He took over the game. He really did. In the last, like, 25 minutes of that game, he got the dub for the Colorado Avalanche, and Quinn Hughes was a loser, and I kind of want the opposite of that script to take part tonight, okay? We need it. We need it. We need the best Quinn Hughes game ever. 
Yeah, you know, I I agree with you. I'd love to see the best Quinn Hughes game ever tonight. I think it would mean a lot against an Avalanche team, and the Canucks could use something like that against second end of back-to-backs against one of the best teams in the NHL. This is not going to be an easy game, and, you know, it would be pretty fantastic if Quinn Hughes could step up uh, and just have a game for the ages now. I think in terms of, you know, Quinn Hughes wows us on a night-to-day basis. He's so crazy uh, with what he does with the puck on his stick, but Cam McCarr is, is arguably more electric in some of the plays he makes. Like we think about that breakaway goal he scored against the Canucks earlier this season, but on the whole, I'm not too worried about a one game off like Quinn Hughes playing Kale McCarr tonight because on the season, Quinn Hughes has been way better than Kale McCarr. Way better. Look at the Norris, the, the, the Norris rankings right now. Quinn Hughes, easily the best defenseman in the league. And I'm actually looking at this list from the athletic and they basically break down offensive rating and defensive rating and they have their Norris nominees. Quinn Hughes, you know, no surprises. First overall. Kyle, do you want to guess where Kale McCarr ranks on this list? He ain't second, I'll tell you that. Seventh? He should, like, what is it? Ninth. Wow. According to the Norris rankings from the Athletic, Kale McCarr, uh, the ninth best defenseman in the NHL this season. Now, part of the logic is, you know, what they're saying over the Athletic is that Kale McCarr's numbers uh, defensively have been sneaky bad. Uh, Basically, the Avalanche have been better in terms of chance generation, chance suppression without him on the ice. Um, And they also go on to say that, you know, Kale McCarr spends over 70% of his ice time alongside McKinnon, Ranton, and Devon Tave. So Colorado tends to put all their big guns out at once. Whereas in Vancouver, we've seen that Quinn Hughes skates with a number of guys on the ice. It's primarily been JT Miller, uh, but he's actually only spent about 30% of his even strength ice time alongside Elias Pettersson. So Kale McCarr, he's getting the boost of playing with McKinnon and Ranton. Whereas Quinn Hughes, he's boosting everyone else up. There's some other numbers from the Athletic that kind of broke down, you know, the Canucks' top four centermen, right? Pedersen, Miller, uh, Bluger, and Nils Amon, and how their on-ice metrics differ when Quinn Hughes is not on the ice. And I'll say this, everyone is far worse in terms of possession when Quinn Hughes is not on the ice. And it's clear to see why. This guy's an elite puck mover. This puck, The puck is out of the zone so fast when Hughes is on the ice. I mean, Thatcher Demko said it best to me in the scrum earlier this season when I said, what do you see from Hughes and Hronik? And he said, I don't see a lot of them because they spend the whole game in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that throughout the season. You know, Kyle, maybe I'll, I'll get you to touch on, you know, what you've seen out of Quinn Hughes the last few games because, you know, we've seen him on the ice for some goals against, but mm-hmm. I, I was digging up to, from the Minnesota game. And I think the Wild scored on every even strength shot that they had when Hughes was on the ice. Like just wow. another good news overall. And, you know, I... I I don't want to say some fans are fixed hitting on the bat, but there's just so much good with Quinn Hughes that when he's on the ice for the goal again, because I think fans got to remind themselves, like, hey, we have the best defenseman in the NHL on our roster and be, you know, be grateful for that. You almost, swore there. you almost swore there, man. You almost dropped a, <laughs> a bad word there. Okay, so Quinn Hughes, I think recently, like, he hasn't been, like, his sharpest. I don't even want to say defensively. I'm just saying with his reads. I think even in Detroit, he got burnt on a, a two-on-one or something late in the game and whatnot. And then we kind of saw some instances where he got burnt yesterday, but the whole team got burnt. And that's kind of an alarming, not an alarming stat, but a really fascinating stat that you just uh, spewed out. You know, every time they took a shot at even strength when Quinn Hughes was on the ice, they scored. Like, that is the unluckiest slash luckiest stat I've heard in quite some time. So, yeah, overall, Quinn Hughes not at his best right now defensively, but... If there's ebbs and flows to a season, I'm not completely worried about that. I do think that offensively, 
he's starting to ramp up just a little bit. I kind of see it in this game. He's taking more chances. I would like for a shot to get through more. I feel as if earlier in the season, a big reason why Quinn Hughes was putting up so many points was because a lot of his shots were getting on target. I think it's me trying to go on a ramble and say this ultimately. I think he was better actually earlier in the season than he was or is now. And I think this game tonight could be a catalyst for the last quarter of the season to be a dominant one for Quinn Hughes. And I know this is so obscure and it doesn't really matter, but it kind of matters to me. Dude, I want to see Quinn Hughes get to 100 points. I want to see him go on a tear. I want to see this offense be a, what's the word, a locomotive? Did I say that right? Uh, down the stretch here. And I think there's a huge chance for that happening. The power play's got to get going. Uh, he's got to get his shots on net. All in all, Quinn Hughes versus Kale McCarr tonight could set the tone the rest of the way for the Vancouver Canucks. And just outside that matchup in general, I mean, again, uh, people like to bring up the fact that the Canucks never beat elite teams. They never beat good teams, blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of BS. Uh, they have a good chance to shove it up those haters tonight. Mm. Oh, you love a good shoving up of the haters. Rear yeah. ends. Um, you know, to your point about Quinn Hughes being kind of quiet recently, you know, you look at his past seven games, this is really nitpicking, but he's got no goals and four assists in his yeah. past seven games. So yeah. not necessarily Hughes like numbers, but I would argue that at even strength, I do think maybe a couple of gaffes here and there are uh, masking the fact that he's still been an electric player for the Canucks, mm-hmm. right? Like just so good at getting the puck up the ice and then when the puck's in the offensive zone. You say it time and time again, I got to find more creative ways to say it, but he just dances, man. He mm-hmm. dances at the blue line, okay? Dude, this guy knows how to move. Hey, hey, uh, look at the moves, baby. Okay, 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 okay. So, why do you think he's able to dance like that constantly, okay? And I think the easy answer is always so good, but don't you feel as if the whole league should know what he's about to do and that's not make his first read? or not make his first move. Like, you get what I'm saying? Because he's always breaking ankles at the blue line. And, like, he's done it since he's been a yeah. rookie, but this season he's, like, hitting at, like, a 98% where he's at the top of the blue line, he has a puck on his stick, there's a checker coming at him, and he just spins around him. I just feel as if it's things that teams should kind of scout prior to games, but maybe they're doing it and they just can't stop him. Because, you know, yeah. as I've stated maybe two or three times this season already on the program, dude, he's, like, the way he's playing this season... Vancouver sometimes takes hockey way too seriously. Like, we get so nitpicky, and we, we, like, we want the most from our guys. We want these guys to be perfect, like 10 out of 10 every game, okay? But in reality, the way this guy's been playing for, like, 90% of the season, he reminds me of the defensive Connor McDavid. And the other guy who reminds me of the defender, the defensive Connor McDavid is Kale McCarr. So just to have Quinn Hughes in that conversation, and I think rightfully so, based on the stats, based on where the team is, based on the success, is such an accomplishment and going back to that point that I made earlier like oh I think he played a lot better earlier on in the season like he was piling up the points being so dynamic being so efficient with everything he was doing I do think for the Canucks to be Stanley Cup contenders Quinn Hughes doesn't just have to be great I think he has to put himself in that 0.1% or that 0.01% of the league and again that's be up there with the McDavid's and the car like he has to kind of get back up there and I want to see that going into the playoffs if he can get his offensive game all the way back up and then play half the games in the playoffs, so you know, not, not half the games, but, you know, 30 minutes a game in the playoffs, bro, we got one of the best players in hockey on your team again, bro. It's it's just easier to win games. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll answer your first question as well about um, uh, you know why it's so elusive. You know, it, it does come back down to the fact that you know teams might know what he's going to do and know that he's going to dance the blue line. Know that he's often not going to go to his first read, but they can stop him. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who have played ice hockey, like you know to to do what he does on his edges is like <laughs> near impossible, man. I can't even fathom. I was never like the the greatest skater, the greatest hockey player. But man, oh man, what this guy does on his skates is just unbelievable. And there's just not a lot of guys in the NHL who can do what he does. Um, you know, when I look at his game, I still think his on the defensive side of the puck, he's been pretty damn good, pretty damn consistent. You know, almost just as good as he's been at the beginning of the season, if not better. Um, but I think you know it comes down to a couple of things. The power play has gone dry a bit, and you look at his goal scoring numbers too. Right, the this power play the sucks. Sport. The power play sucks right now. Yeah. But don't you think a yeah, big reason why the power play sucks is because he's not getting a shot through anymore? Like it's a, like, Don't you think he was taking times two the amount of shots in October and November? And maybe it was getting redundant or predictable, but his ability to do that and his desire to do that made not only the power play so much more effective, but just our offense in general. You know, more offensive zone draws because the goalie's swallowing up pucks. Like Just in general, I think he needs to go back to shooting the puck a lot more. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Like, even when I'm looking at his numbers right now, you know, over his past 21 games, he has two goals, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So definitely far off the pace that he had earlier in the season. And that 21 games is, you know, basically since the calendar turn to 2024. Um, You know, 39 shots in those 21 games. He's averaging almost two shots a game, you know. But, yeah, you're right. I think you would like to see him get uh, some more pucks to the net. Uh, He was definitely averaging more shots earlier on in the season when he was scoring more goals. Hey, simple math there. Shoot the puck more and score more goals than Quinn Hughes. But the shot you got now, buddy, just take some more shots. Uh, Speaking of shots, man, you know uh, who I would love to see take a shot tonight? Arsty Baines, man. Let's go. A goal in the first game. Oh, my God. Let's talk a little Arsty Baines. On the other side, again, if you missed Arsty Baines, making his NHL debut tonight for your Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we're going to shout out Siri on the other side. But before we do that, I got to shout out FanDuel. All right. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just go visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Shout out FanDuel. Okay, okay, we back on this episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. One love to the Locked On Podcast Network. One love to the Don't Dose Our Lab for making this possible. And one love to you and you and you and you watching or listening the program, listening to the program, that is. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you. If you're new to the program and you want some Canucks content every day, every minute, every hour, sometimes, from a Hindu and a, a white dude named Trevor, hit the subscribe button, man. Hit the like button. Hey, speaking of, of Hindu, okay, R.C. Baines, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's a Hindu, I don't think he's a Hindu. I think he's a Punjabi warrior, okay, for real, one of those guys. And the dude's from Surrey, and he's about to play his first game as a member of the Vancouver Canucks, let alone in the, in the NHL against McDavid, McCarr, Ratnan, and company. This is a huge opportunity 
And I think it's a beautiful thing that this guy gets to be inserted in arguably one of the most important games of the regular season because of the opportunity that's in front of him, and that's making an impact in a statement game. And if, he, if he's able to do that, like, I don't know if it's a bold statement. I think it's quite obvious, actually. If he's able to play really well today, he may be a fixture for this team the rest of the way because last time I checked, Sam Lafferty has been kind of, not, like, mediocre slash okay over the last 20 games. Same thing with PDG post-injury. I don't think I've seen anything special, okay? I think there is a spot in the bottom six for a player to be inserted and be a mainstay slash somebody who can help raise the floor of this team. Because let's be honest, the Vancouver Canucks have found a lot of success this season, and it's been a complete team effort. And a big part of that team effort is, again, the floor being raised. And right now, yeah, it's kind of breaking that the fourth line isn't isn't just full of guys. You get what I'm saying? Uh, they got to be effective, and yeah. Archie Baines has a chance to do something special tonight. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he brings, right? And, you know, credit to R. Steep, who, again, when he was signed as an undrafted free agent at the WHL, look, there's a long, long list of guys who have mm-hmm. done what he done, did. You know, one of the top scorers in junior uh, in an overage season, and they come to the AHL and they don't do much, right? Mm-hmm. But R. Steep Baines, man, oh, man. I mean, just the growth in his game last year from – you know, uh, a guy who's a ride on as a top line player and a scorer to being a well-rounded player, right? Kind of played in the middle six and Abbotsford played on the penalty kill. You come into this season and then, you know, he deserved to be the top line winger in Abbotsford. And I've said it time and time again on the show, he has been the best player for the Abbotsford Canucks this season, whether it's defense, goalie, forward, he has been their best player. R.C. Baines has been the Abbotsford Canucks MVP. And he's got... You know, a really cerebral game. I think he's a really good player with the puck on his stick. He's a really, really smart player. Um, it's again, this is a thrown to the wolves kind of game, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we're talking about weaknesses of Baines, and I think this gets overblown. But a lot of people are like, he can't skate, he can't skate. He's probably not the quickest skater in the world, um, but he's gonna go against a fast Avs team tonight. So curious mm-hmm. to see how he handles that. But Kyle, to your point about raising the floor, yeah, I don't see why he can't be um, just as effective, if not more effective, than a Giuseppe. Or Lafferty. And that's saying something, right? Lafferty's gone quiet, but he has 10 goals this season, right? Mm-hmm. That's nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on Bain's underlying profile, I mean, yeah, I, I think he can be a, a scoring threat in your bottom six. And it's obviously, we don't expect it to transpire tonight necessarily. But, you know, I think you and I are both pretty bullish on Baines being not just this, not just being a one off, right? Him being a full time NHLer. Yeah, of course, man. We got that West Coast bias, okay? Surrey. Got that Surrey bias. Surrey. Hey, speaking of which, man, Callum Sandu, okay? Uh, I might just stick around and check out the R Street Bain show. I think we're live right now with Matt uh, Sakaris and Price. You know, some people are bouncing around, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about R Street Baines. And Callum, he's been on the R Street Baines wagon since R Street Baines was four years old. I'm assuming, okay? He's wanted this guy. He's wanted this guy in the lineup since, I would say, game 30, game 40. And we're finally getting to see it happen. And... It's a beautiful feeling, man. It really is. Like, being from Surrey and obviously not having my dreams come true, you know, when pl- when I was playing street hockey, not being able to, you know, uh, play ice hockey at all because my parents, you know, it was just a different circumstance. I still believed at the age of 11 and 12 when, again, only playing on the streets, I would make the Vancouver Canucks. So, obviously, that never happened, nor will it happen, and this is another instance where dreams actually don't come true, but... I can actually kind of live through what R.G. Baines is about to do. It's It's cool, man. I think... Again, he's just got to be a hockey player. He's got to do his thing. He doesn't have to worry about the uh, 
the story, you know, the the Surrey kid or the brown kid from Surrey. This could do a lot for the community. Like, at the end of the day, just go help the Vancouver Canucks win games, right? Winning fixes everything. Do your thing. But I can't just ignore the fact that this has the possibility to be huge for the community, okay? It really does. Uh, the, like, Surrey loves the Vancouver Canucks. And I'll say it again. Surrey celebrates peacefully, okay? People in Vancouver don't do that. Did I see any buildings burnt down on Scott Road after 2011 Game 7? No, no way. I still see the, the Strawberry Hill Theaters is just about to get demolished, okay? Because of real estate. Not because we were mad at a Game 7 loss. So Surrey, the, the right Canucks fans are in Surrey. And Archie Baines, probably one of the biggest Canucks fans, get to, gets to live out his dream. This is so cool. So cool. Yeah, you know, this was written about uh, previously, uh, I believe it was an interview with uh, our buddy Chris Faber. Um, but Archie Baines talked about how, you know, he fell in love with the Canucks in 2011. And he wow. remembers, you know, taking the SkyTrain from King George SkyTrain Station down to Rogers Arena for the game. And you know what he said? His ultimate goal was to help the Canucks finish the job. Oh, and win. oh my God. God I will dude. say that that is some poetic, <laughs> some poetic <laughs> stuff right there. So, um, but for him to be making his debut right now in the Canucks, yeah. the best team in the league, this isn't just some, this isn't just some, you know, pity call up. Yeah. The Canucks are doing their death march like they've done in past years. Mm -hmm. This is Baines being called up and for one of the biggest games of the season. I'm going to, I'm not going to, well, I, I'm no, just, it is. I was just it going is. out on a limb, but one of the biggest Canuck games in 10 years. And if you look at it that way, there just haven't been big games like this uh, where the Canucks as a contender face off against another contender in the Western conference. So for Baines to be thrown into the fire in this game, I'm just so excited for this game on a number of levels, but really happy for Arch deep. And again, this might not be a one-off, right? If he balls out, if he shows he can play, he could be sticking around with this team for the playoffs. It's not like those spots on the fourth line are locked down right now. Exactly. And bro, we've been talking about the whole, uh, the whole story, the, the magic, right? This this season is so bizarre. It, it doesn't make sense. Bro, maybe it's being written by the hockey gods, and it does need one of its main characters to be a dude from Surrey who literally told whoever he was with the day after the Canucks lost that he's going to help this team get the job done. And that's when the cup, man. Like, that's cool. That's cool. And again, maybe that's part of uh, this documentary that's being written about the 2023-2024 Vancouver Canucks because a Surrey boy... He's about to play a big game for a team that's already in first place. Like you're right, Trevor. This isn't like a moral victory time. This isn't even a, a time to take chances with finding sparks in your lineup. Like you want guarantees the whole way through, especially coming after a, a game where you allow ten goals and seven in the five. You know, minus the two empty netters in, in the third period. It's a big deal, and for him to get the call up now, it's yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with the the moral part of it, right? I don't think it does. It's they believe in this guy. They really do, and they want him to do something well on that fourth line or wherever he plays. Like, there's a chance that we don't know where he's going to play. He might play with Garland, too. We might see McKay have dropped down because Garland and Baines, I think they played some preseason time together as well. So who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, Anyways, right. let's let's go to the comments, okay? Matt Folger says he loves the South Asian slash Brown Canadian slash Sikh slash Muslim slash Hindu community, okay? Thanks for adding Hindu at the end of that, okay? One day a Hindu will play for the Vancouver Canucks, okay? Maybe in 3,046. Straight up. Uh, can maybe, I ask it's you, your son, maybe it'll be your son, Bobby Bowen. Can, can I ask you one thing before we uh, get, like, no, no more Archie Baines talk again? Because we're going to just go into, like, metaphorical territory and start talking about, like, things that are not hockey-related, okay? And at the end of the day, Archie Baines, don't listen to us. Who cares about the storylines? Just be a good hockey player, okay? Anyways, I saw something today that made me think about this. And let me know in the comments below because I already see people talking about him on the live chat. Uh, Elias Patterson. 
All right. I just saw Donnie, Donnie uh, and Dolly. I saw a clip from the show, and, and Don Taylor was demanding that Pedersen do something today against Colorado, okay? And now I see the comments again. They're talking about trading Pedersen for Bedard. It's already, like, it's, okay, again, such a polarizing player. And uh, do, do, I, I guess I'd ask you this. Like, do you, do you want Pedersen to take over the game today? Like, you know how we just talked about Hughes having to do it? Like, do you think this is a, a place where big-time game, big-time pl- team, the team didn't beat Vegas, they didn't beat the Jets, they didn't beat Colorado earlier? Is this where you want Pedersen to kind of shut the haters up? Because I think he's been playing better. I think, again, yesterday, the it's a bit of a write-off with that many penalties. You get what I'm saying? And in that second period, they were yeah. doing a lot better five-on-five. Five. They had that one great shift that actually led to a beautiful goal. Uh, all in all, though, like, what are you expecting from Pedersen tonight? And the rest of the way through, like, how do you see him shutting up the haters? Because I don't, I don't know, like, what's going on here? Yeah, and this actually might be a good segue to go to the week in segment three, but... Um... You know, with Pedersen, I do think we talked about it, right? We talked about it last week, the truth about Elias Pedersen. He is unjustly criticized in this market for, I guess, a number of reasons, right? The contract, maybe first and foremost, a bit of an awkward skater, has a turnover here and there. Mm-hmm. Again, you are under the microscope in Vancouver, uh, whether you want to be or not. And, and my guess is maybe he doesn't want to be. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he's playing some pretty good hockey right now. Um, and that will be reflected on Goats of the Week. On the other side here, unlocked on Canucks. So, no, I'm not worried about Petey. Do I think he can take over the game tonight? Of course, I'd love to see that, but I don't know if that's realistic with the number of stars in this matchup. But what you would like to see is him make an impact, right? He's one of the best players in the league. He's not going to be on it every night, but if there's a night to be on it, it's when your team is counted on as an underdog, um, the second night backs-to-backs, he has one of the best teams in the NHL. Tonight would be a great night for Elise Pedersen to make an impact. Let's end off this show making an impact. On the other side, when we touch on the GOATs of the week, before we do that, I got a shout out. Game time. Hey, you know me. I'm, I'm a big last minute deals guy. And it's not because I'm cheap, okay? I just like a good deal. So if you're looking for killer deals at the last minute or for tickets, the place to go is game time. Game time, they got my back. I get these emails from Nicola Game Time, and she's always teasing me with concerts and events this week in my area. Not only are those emails a tease, but Game Time also offers me flash deals on last-minute tickets. What's even better than that is that GameTime offers a lowest-price guarantee along with event protection cancellation. What more could you want? What more? Come on! Hey, wow. now I have no choice but to get off my skinny rear end and go check out a local show on a Friday night. So you, I'm talking to you, make sure you snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, okay, we back on this conversation about your Vancouver Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. That right there is Trevor Beggs. Uh, we do this, what, every day, sometimes even seven days a week, sometimes even eight days a week, okay? Uh, we got to do it. Hit the like button and subscribe if you want to, you know, follow the journey. And uh, here Trevor and I do our thing, man. Uh, Trevor, all over the place. What a season so far. We're heading into what? What What game was it today? Game 58? Game 57? Game 59? Yeah, 50, 58, I think. Okay, okay. Can't do the math. And I think I've been fairly... 
optimistic and kind to the Vancouver Canucks the whole way through since the regular season started, and that's mainly because, A, they deserve it, and, B, I think at the last the last day of training camp, I was really pessimistic, you know? I was really hard on the Canucks, really negative. So, in, in essence, I've been proven wrong, and I don't think uh, the team deserves my pessimism. Now, this being said, I do think, because I can feel it, it's going to be a very emotional end to the season for me, okay? This last quarter of the season, it really matters. There's big games here. It's a big warm-up for the playoffs, and uh, these games are going to feel a lot more meaningful. And uh, do, do you got any advice for me to, to cope with these emotions? Because, bro, you know me. I got a lot more work on my plate than ever before, and losses can really hurt my progress in life. I think my main advice for you is think about the playoffs, man. Again, we probably... You know, we're locked on Canucks, your team every day. We're, we're here talking about this team every day. And it's easy to get caught up in the minutia of wins and losses when you do that. But for me, bigger picture, I'm just looking forward to playoff hockey, man. Like We have not had playoff hockey in the city in a non-COVID era since 2015, man. And I know you and I were both living pretty different lives back in 2015. It's been a long time. Let's embrace it. Mm-hmm. Don't get too worried about the wins and losses because this team will be playing playing playoff hockey in yeah. April. And that is a beautiful okay, thing. Okay, okay. That, that's that's right on point, okay? it's it's At this point, because I don't really care about the President's Trophy, I do care about home ice, and I, I'm confident that with this 10-point cushion, they'll be able to kind of get that get that done. But it really is about the process for me right now, and that's becoming a better 5-on-5 five five team and now blatantly having to become a way better special teams team. And uh, we have Tasman, who I think is actually Tambier, uh, not, not Tambier, but... um. Harpoon. I think he's Harpoon. Okay, look at him. Uh, Rutherford has ruined the chemistry with trades, and now some fans want to mortgage more of the future for Tanev. Bro, I don't I don't see the chemistry being ruined here. I think the team's actually played, again, better five-on-five. Five. You saw what happened on Saturday, too. They defended each other. They played tough. They were in the trenches. I've only seen good things, and you kind of have to mix in the obvious, which is some third-period debacles to the hands of the Jets in, in the wild, but I don't see that being a, a regular occurrence it's it's all good the canucks are in, in fine shape yeah it's interesting too there was that video that came out about uh you know when they ask questions of the, as they come out of the tunnel for practice and um they were asked you know who has the best bromance on the team and the first answer was nils amon nils hoglander um but second and third were zadorov and miller and zadorov and garland so um i think if zadorov was rooting the chemistry in the room who knows it could be cracking jokes with us but uh if Zadorov was hurting the chemistry in the room, I don't think uh, you know a handful of Canucks would be saying that Zadorov has one of the best bromances on the team. The guy just got here. Eh? Uh, yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Um, comment here that 10, 10-7 loss. That's Minnesota Screams chemistry is down big time. Um, four five on three goals against. Two goals off of uh, skates. One goal off of a stick. It was a weird night, man. Let's, uh, let's not night. overreact. Um, but what I will do is try to wrap this up quickly. Goats of the week, Kyle. What I'm going to do is I'm going to rip through five yep. through one and let you chime in at the end. All right. But here it is Goats of the week. All right. The Canucks weekly Goats of the week are weekly power rankings where we talk about the five best Canucks from the previous week. Four games last week. Um, so I'm going to start with number five, first and foremost, it's Elias Pettersson. Okay. You know, there's some of you are going to want to criticize this week, but at the end of the day, like I thought he had a great game against Detroit. I uh, made some sweet plays, especially on that. Um, I love that odd man rush where he recovered his bobble to set up Lindholm for a goal, scored a sweet goal against Minnesota as well. 
Um, I thought the power play had a little bit more juice for some of those later opportunities in Minnesota. But he had four points in four games. Um, so again, Lee's Pedersen, I think he deserves to be on the list. Number four, I have Quinn Hughes. And again, it was a quiet week for Quinn Hughes. But uh, territory, territorially, he was still dominant, right? One mm-hmm. of the best uh, Canucks players in terms of puck possession. Not many shots against. There was more goals against than average uh, this week for Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, but not many shots against. You know, Quinn Hughes is still doing his thing out there. Again, quiet week, three assists for four games. But he's still out there being the best defenseman in the NHL. Um, he's not actually the top defenseman on the list because at number three, I have Tyler Myers, baby. Bum, Unbelievable. Bum, I can't bum, believe bum. I'm doing this. Uh, Tyler Myers scored a goal for the ages over the weekend. Uh, great on ice metrics as well. I think he had the lowest expected goals against of any Canucks last week. Only on the ice for one goal against at even strength. Um, just a really solid mistake-free week for Myers for the most part. Number two, I have Pew Suter. Now, Pew Suter, I think we have keep thinking about, all oh, better fits in the top line. Maybe the Canucks use another top six winger. And yeah, that might be true. But, you know, I'm really impressed with what Pew Suter's mm-hmm. done on that second line with Miller and Besser. I think he's been extremely consistent there. Good, reliable player defensively, setting up his teammates as well. I think he had three assists as well uh, in the past four games. And, you know, I've noticed him on the penalty kill a bit more. I think, um, I think he's been one of the best players on the penalty kill. Aside from Dakota Joshua, I think he deserves a bit more PK time as well. See so him making some smart plays out there. And at number one on the list, I have JT Miller. I will say it wasn't the perfect week for Miller either. This is a bit of a hard week for Goats of the Week. But at the end of the day, you know, the Canucks Stars didn't score against Winnipeg. JT Miller comes out and has an amazing game against Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I know he had that bad penalty that put the Canucks down five on three. Um, but overall, four goals, five points uh, in four games. His first hat trick in nearly two years. And I felt like he was the guy stirring the stirring this the straw stirring this drink for the Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. uh, against the Minnesota Wild. So JT Miller again, you know, we talk about a lot about who's the Canucks MVP been. And we I flip flop back and forth. I think right now it's Quinn Hughes, no question. But JT yeah. Miller having himself a heck of a season, and let's not forget it. Yeah, JT Miller, what a performance! I hope that you know kickstarts uh, a similar type of offensive output that we saw earlier on in the season for JT Miller. Just take over games, and maybe, you know, we've seen him carry the puck a lot more and not really rely on his linemates too much when trying to go on these individual efforts, and I think that's something that he has to kind of continue to do here because I look at somebody like Brock Besser, who, in my eyes, is, like, he played a little bit better yesterday. Again, a weird game to analyze, but in that third period, I thought they got some chances. He was good in front of the net. I think that line might have been on the ice for, like, four goals or five goals forward, you know? They they were were pretty good yesterday. That being said, I, I think... I don't know if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like Brock Besser has goals in only four of his last 23 games. And check the stats. I think I'm also right on this too. Like, how many points does Brock Besser have in his last 23 games? Like, is it 11? Is it 12? Is it 10? He's got to be a lot better five on five, man. And I wonder if, uh, and I've seen some of the comments talk about this too, right? Like, maybe you have to put Pedersen back with Besser and blah, blah, blah. Like, how do we get Brock Besser going? And I understand. Pew Suter doing his thing in the top six is looking, I, I wouldn't say promising, but he's doing his thing. He's generating chances. He's in and around the net. He's a really, really smart player, and he's more active than a guy than Brock Besser, but it's so important for this team to get more five-on-five production from Brock Besser. Do you have the stats in front of me? Because I, I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not quite that dramatic. So okay. uh, since Christmas, which is 22 games, he has seven goals and 18 points. So he's pretty close. To yeah, a but he has, game. but he has, but he has three goals in. He had three goals against Columbus. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So he he did stack and he had another two goal game against the Pittsburgh. That's Penguins. what I'm saying, dude. Like uh, so in those yeah, in those twenty two games, he scored on what is that? In like four games. Four different nights. Yeah. So he's struggling. He's struggling. That's that's the truth. And I'm I'm not blind, bro. Like him and JT Miller don't have extreme like they're not sexy players together. It's a lot of like dump and chase, bump, get an opportunity, get to the front of the net, which is cool if it's effective, but what you just told me is not really effective. And Brock Baster, a lot of those goals on the power play too. So five on five, I think it's we're getting to the point where those two can't really play together. If we're maybe they're good for matchups and stuff like that, but for offensive output, going into the last quarter of the season, I wouldn't mind them experimenting with different line combinations because they got to get Brock Besser going offensively five on five. You know, that sounds like a good episode for another day. What lines do we want to see the Canucks play? Um, And let's have some fun with that. Some lines that they haven't done so far, because you know, we, you and I were both pretty concerned about Miller and Besser heading into this season. They've proven us wrong to an extent, but like you say, they're not the sexiest players. And I think that's a great point when you make it with the dump ins. I think the Canucks are, I want to say a bottom five team in terms of having controlled entries to the offensive zone. It is a lot of dump and chase hockey. And when we talked a bit yesterday about, you know, their identity, it is a lot of it is being hound on the puck, right? They are, you know, retrieving the puck, but they're not just entering with control. Yeah. Again, are we being nitpicky? Who knows? I just think there's a lot more room on the table for these guys to improve. And I think Byrne, one of the commenters, said it best, right? This team has played a lot of games already, busier than most others, which is true. The schedule for the Vancouver Canucks has been insane this year. Uh, the Canucks haven't hit their next level yet. This timing is all good. Uh, their shooting percentage is still awesome. Uh, more on the whole timing thing again. After this stretch of games here, I think the Canucks are going to be home for like 90% of the season. A lot of practice time, a lot of new faces. Just a lot of like the X's and O's. You know what I'm saying? Just the details of the game and, and all those things can be more organized, uh, thus leading to more efficiency. I still got a lot of faith in this team, including players like Brock Besser and JT Miller to be a lot better heading into the playoffs. And that's when it all matters. Um, I got to go, though. Okay, Trevor, shut up. Okay, I got to go. Shout out to RC Baines. Shout out to Surrey. Uh, one love to you and you and you and you for watching and listening. Subscribe and hit the like button. It does really help us out a lot. Uh, Begsy, sign us out. A shout out to all of you listening, whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener, a first time listener, a new subscriber, or yet joined us here on the live show on YouTube. We love each and every one of you. We'll talk about one of the games of the year coming up on tomorrow's episode. We'll talk about the Baines debut, and maybe we'll even talk about what lines we want to see from the Canucks moving forward. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs, that guy's Kyle Bowen, and you've been listening to Locked On Canucks. Go Canucks, go! Go!